Um, hello! Hello! I'll say it again. Hello and welcome. Glad you guys could make it. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger from dancefish.com. We do this every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. That is 9 Eastern for those that do not know where the mountains is. <laughs> All right, I'm going to hang out and wait for an audio check just to make sure everything, sound, everything sounds okay and uh, looks all right, and then we'll get right into it. While we're waiting for that, here's what's on the docket for tonight. Audio and video are good, says Maria. Thank you, Maria. Awesome. So we'll keep going. So we're going to do the um, normal shipment report that we do every week. We're going to talk about some awesome giveaways. We have two giveaways tonight, um, and we'll get into that and show you the new fish that are going to come out on Friday. Should be available this coming Fridays when I'll list them for sale at dancefish.com. Um, Jonathan has been super busy making improvements to get gills. So we'll take a moment and he'll tell you kind of the, the changes he's made to get gills. And um, let's see here. At that point, we'll get to the giveaway and questions and answers. I think that's the docket. So let's start with the shipment report. All good. No problems. Everything seems to be going well. We did start putting in some ice packs and uh, yeah, things are getting a little toasty. So since we talked last week, no problems as far as I know. So that's good. Short shipping report. Let's move on from there. So let's see here. Here are some fish that will be listed for sale on Friday. And this first one is going to make you laugh. All right. So a couple of live streams ago, someone asked me, Hey, we get Sawelia lineolata in. And I was like, no, no, I don't want to do that. You know, I don't have quite the right setup for that, et cetera, et cetera. They're hard to catch all that. All true. Well, it doesn't matter. I got them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I did not order them. I ordered, um, it's called a serpent loach, which is a, a different type of loach. And this is what I got. So the good news is it's a healthy batch. They're doing awesome. They're chowing down on algae wafers. They're eating uh, massivore sinking pellets. They're eating bloodworms. They're eating uh, pretty much anything, a lot of algae. Uh, put some veggie matter in there. They'll chew on that. So they're doing awesome. So basically I had a tank that was like so covered in algae you couldn't see. I was like, I know where these are going. I put them in there and within, I want to say a day, maybe two, that thing was spick and span. They did a great job. They ate all the algae, um, made a big detritus pile in the middle of the tank, siphoned it out, and the tank's been clean ever since. <laughs> so <laughs> nice, hearty, acclimated batch of uh, the butterfly hillstream loach, Sawilia lineolata, or sometimes the tiger hillstream loach. Who knows? Who knows? They call them whatever they think will make them sell. Also, we received a group of Geophagus wine milleri. These I love. Now, I did learn recently, a live stream or two ago, that from someone who knows geophagus better than I, the most of the geophagus wine milleri for sale in the United States um, in the from the industry are probably, in fact, alabios, which is an absolutely stunning fish as well. Difference being that the wine milleri, um, I believe it was, gets these dark lines on the operculum, the gill plate. So that kind of dark spot there. Other than that, they look pretty much the same. So I'm calling them wine milleri because that's what I bought them as. I, it's really hard to identify fish that are only an inch. These guys are like an inch. So I think they're wine milleri, or at least that's what they were sold to me as. But just keep in mind, um, they could be a labios. And we won't know that until they get a lot bigger. 
But either way, they're both awesome, beautiful Earth Eater cichlids that are great in community aquariums. Got some Kochu Tetras, which are another one I, I love, a nice blue, light blue, sky blue Tetra. Um, also called the Blue King Tetra, if you want to feel pompous. Um, but very little Tetra. Some Brocus Splendens. These are often called the Emerald Cori, but they're not a Cori. They're similar. They act a, a very similar, but they get a lot taller dorsal fin than most Cori's. And they get a lot bigger. These suckers can get like four inches or so. So really big fishy if you want a big size quarry. Right now they're, uh, oh, maybe an inch, inch and a quarter, but not like a small inch and a quarter, inch and a half maybe even. They're like a, a big tank, uh, even though they aren't super long yet, but they'll, they'll grow a lot more. Got some Corridors Aeneas. I love Corridors Aeneas. I did not mean to purchase them. I ordered <laughs> Harajardoni, which is the little Asian stone cat. Um, and this is what they sent me. So I have some Corridors Aeneas. Good news is they're doing well. Bad news is the Corridors Aeneas, which I love the fish, don't get me wrong, but you can literally pick them up for a few bucks at your local Petco, PetSmart, or wherever else. So um, we'll see if we can move them. <laughs> we got some Pseudomugil forcatus. Um, these guys should be rock solid for you. I've had them for a while now, just making sure. Um, Pseudomugil forcatus, depending on where you get them from, can be sensitive. Um, so we've, you know, gone through all that with them, and now I think they're ready to go. Good, strong fish should do amazing for you. I can't sex them yet. They're not big. I mean, I could if I got in there and really looked, but when you're trying to catch a whole bunch of fish to pack a whole bunch of orders, it's hard to take half an hour to sit there and really sex tiny little fricatas, but um, they're doing great. And then these I can sex. These are Pseudomuga luminatus. These are big. Um, the ones I have in are tied with the biggest batch I've ever had before, which I had last summer, I think. Really big, really beautiful, um, and should do well for you. So that is what is uh, going to be released for sale this Friday, dancefish.com, if, if you're wondering. And some of some folks have been asking for some of these fish, so wanted to put it out there in the Cilulia lineata. That's just funny. Right after I told a customer, no, I'm not going to get that fish. Guess what showed up? Sowellia lineolata. <laughs> Gotta love this industry. Um, <laughs> now for the giveaway. So there's going to be two giveaways tonight. One is from Preston John, which is an amazing giveaway because it's peacock gudgeons. And it's not just peacock gudgeons. It's a breeding colony of like 40 plus or minus peacock gudgeons, like a tank full of peacock gudgeons, which is awesome because even at a tiny size, these guys go for, you know, easily over 10 bucks, um, right around 10 bucks. And if they're breeding, you know, they're, they're probably quite a bit bigger than that. So this is a smoking deal. Um, it's amazing. Thank you, Preston John, for doing that. Um, if you want to know more about Preston John, go check out his YouTube channel. If one of the mods wouldn't mind um, linking that up so I don't have to, you know, crash my live stream looking for it. That'd be great. Preston John does all kinds of amazing fish. Um, he's done Betta Macrostoma, and that's the last giveaway he did. Um, he's done a lot of Shodenai puffers, uh, the Congo spotted puffer, uh, he's into some rice fish and some guppies, things like that. But 
the, the gentleman's taste is exquisite. So um, now the caveat with this Peacock Gudgeon giveaway is he, you actually have to go to pick them up from Preston John in Arizona. So um, that's the big caveat to that. Now, last time we gave away Macrostoma because your fish up in Utah won them, uh, drove down to to Arizona, spent a day with Preston in the fish room. They had a great time, became best buddies. So it can be a really cool experience. Um, Preston John's fish room is a fish room I would want to see and I think is worth driving for. Now, if you live in Maine, I get it. <laughs> Probably ain't going to happen. But, you know, if you're in the zone that you can get there and, and make that trip for an entire breeding colony of peacock gudgeons, it's not a bad thing. But I realize not everyone can do that. So I will be doing a giveaway as well. I'll be giving away some rainbow fish. These are Melanotania affinis. These are location specific. These were collected in the Dansari River. Um, here is a decent example of this fish. Nice orange fins, orange on the body, and a, and a blue color. Um, here's another picture of some. And this one. Now, there are other affinis on here, but I'm not sure if they're from the same location or not. So the color might be different. Um, but, but this one is definitely from Dansari River. So good example of that fish. So the first giveaway tonight, we're going to do these in order. First, we're going to do Preston John's giveaway. And only enter that, please, if you can go pick them up from Preston in Arizona. And if you would like to do that, go to Preston's place and pick up a whole colony of peacock gudgeons. Then you can enter to win that. Go Preston Go is the hashtag. Now, once we've drawn that... Um, then I'll do another giveaway for everyone that can't drive to Arizona or they didn't win the first one, even if they can drive to Arizona and uh, or through Arizona, if they're already in Arizona, anywho. Um, I'll do another giveaway for the rainbows so everyone has a chance to win as long as they're able to receive fish in the United States. So that's what's going on tonight, which I think is awesome. I think it's super cool of Preston to... Um, do such a generous giveaway. So Preston, thank you, thank you, thank you. Everyone go check out his YouTube channel, Preston John Aquatics. With that, the last thing we're going to do before we get into... Um... Oh no, I have a spawning report. I haven't had one of these for a while, but we have bred and are raising up a nice batch of banded gudgeons. Um, Mogunda Singulata. Let me show you guys this fish. Hang on, let's, let me shut some windows here because I've got a lot of them open and I want to crash things. These guys are pretty awesome. So we did a giveaway of them recently and we're also raising some up. So this is a banded gudgeon, really beautiful fish. I think they're awesome as adults. They wash a little differently. Let me see if I can find an actual legit good picture of an adult here. I might have to put in the scientific name. Mugurinda Singulata and get a different batch of pictures for you. Here you go. This is a decent picture of the adults. They do get this nice bright orange yellow margin on some of the fins. They can have white margins. They can also have yellow and orange margins on the fence. They're, they're quite variable. They have these nice red stripes and red dots throughout and some nice blue coloring on, on uh, 
a fish that gets about four inches or so. So we talked about those quite a bit uh, last week, so we won't go into a whole lot of detail, but we're breeding them like crazy. I think we've had six batches now. They just won't stop. And I'm not trying. It's bare glass aquarium. They just keep going. Um, and so we're, we're raising some up and I've been a couple batches of those coming up. We're making a video where we're taking you through the whole thing from spawning and raising them up, um, all the different steps so that you can uh, see how to do it. And honestly, it's pretty darn simple. <laughs> they do all the work. They're, they're old enough to eat baby brine shrimp when they hatch, so that makes it a breeze. So it's awesome to have a spawning report. I just haven't had time to raise um, many fish lately, and I miss it. And I wasn't planning on raising these, but they said, nay, nay, we want to be raised anyway. They just kept spawning until I gave in. So <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> All right. The last thing before we get to questions and comments is we've made a lot of improvements to um, the Get Gills platform, getgills.com, which for those that don't know, this is a place where anyone can list fish for sale. So if you oh let's let's switch the there we go um so if you have fish to sell then you can list them here so you can create a store here's all the individual stores that are have items for sale right now on getgills.com it's quite a few if you'd like to join the fun i'm going to switch before i scroll up and hurt people's eyes um, if you'd like to join the fund, then then you can either as a, someone who sells by creating a store or just as someone who likes to browse cool fish. Um, hang on, let me get back here. So um, here's an example of things for sale. While I'm here, I do want to shout out a couple people and a couple vendors that I think are doing a really good job. Now, I'm only going to shout out two. There's others that are doing a great job. Please don't get offended because I didn't shout you out as well. But just seeing it here, TM Aquatics is doing an excellent job and breeds and raises some really, really cool stuff. Uh, a lot of different quarries and catfishes. Um, Corridor's Venezuelanus. He's got the orange lasers. Honeycomb catfish, which are amazing. Axel rod eye, some shellies, and some awesome plecos. So I, I, I know this vendor, um, I've known TM for a few years now, I would say, and I think the quality is awesome. These are all bred and raised by him. Um, I, I got to shut the door. Hang on. Sorry. Just one moment. There we go. It's getting a little loud. Um, and it's nothing like hobbyist bread fish. And then the other one that I'd like to share with you is Marcel. Hopefully I'm not hurting your eyes here. Um, Marcel's fish. Marcel is an amazing guy and does chiefly, I know Marcel from uh, rainbow fish. Looks like there's speaking of Sewilia lineolata, <laughs> there's some, some plecos, but, what I know Marcel for is rainbow fish. Um, there's a big problem in the rainbow fish hobby or industry, I should say, in the fish industry, where the species of rainbow fish are crossed, locations are crossed. We have a lot of hybrids. 
and things like that. Marcel keeps pure line angel uh, rainbow fish. Um, he knows the provenance of them. He breeds them, raises them, and then sells them. And they're great quality fish. I've bought from Marcel. And uh, even though I guess technically we're competitors because I have these guys for sale and often these guys for sale and, you know, but it doesn't matter. He does such a good job that it's worth shouting out. So just two folks that while I'm here at Get Gills, um, thought I'd take a moment and share with you. Now I'm going to bring Jonathan on. Come on, Jonathan. And he's going to tell you about what he's done. Two ugly mugs, huh? Two ugly oh, mugs. No. What's better than one ugly mug? <laughs> Two ugly mugs. Cool. All right. Dan thinks I like being in front of the camera, so here we are. Um, so a couple things that we changed. One, oh, you're moving all the way out. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. So uh, if you have a store on Get Gills, you can now add social links. So if you go to your store and look, scroll down, there's a space to add links. Um, I guess Dan has a store here, so we can do it right here. So if you wanted to, obviously we haven't done it yet, you can add your social media links and then in a metadata description for the search engines. So that's cool. Um, there's been a bug for a long time that occasionally bites people where their uh, pictures get listed sideways and that's finally fixed for real. So that's cool. <laughs> uh, no more excuse for sideways pictures. And then the last thing that um, I think will help a lot of people, we'll use this one, is we get questions quite often about how many fish can fit and what's the shipping details. So I threw them on the bottom right here. So instead of just saying like, this, the shipping for this item starts at $55. Now you can see the different options that are actually there. So um, hopefully that's helpful to everybody who's been trying to figure out what they're doing and what they want to get and how it, how much they can get in a box and whatnot. Um, so yeah, that's the main things with that. There's been a lot of other stuff, but a lot of it's just behind the scenes. So cool. Tag team, it's Dan. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of behind the scenes stuff, security updates and, and all that. There is something really cool that I can't show you because um, it would show some of my, of my customer data that I can't share. But if you have a store on Get Gills now and you go to your orders, you can search your orders. So you can be like, hey, what did Timmy buy? Three years ago, I don't know, you can just type in Timmy's name or his email address and his orders will pop up. So it makes managing things quite a bit easier. So that is what's going on in our neck of the woods. Now we're going to turn the camera on you guys. Well, the camera's going to stay, but the focus on you guys and find out what's going on in your neck of the woods. So we're going to do that by getting to your questions and comments right here. Uh, let me wet my whistle. <laughs> Tums, two ugly mugs. <laughs> That's the acronym for it. <laughs> or acronym. I always say an acronym, which is, you know, out of time. <laughs> nice. Um, so I'm going to get into questions and comments now. So if you have a question or comment about fish keeping, breeding fish, shipping fish, building fish rooms, uh, the fish business industry, any, anything related to fish, as long as it's freshwater and it's fish and not plants, then I'll do my best to answer. Um, before I do though, I want to thank my moderators for being here and doing what they do. Thank you so much. Kayla's Aquatics and Exotics, 
Maria Z Punchy's Paints or Punchy Paints. And uh, let's see here. Anyone else here tonight? Mod wise, Lumpy Dog. Hey, Lumpy. Good to see you. Yeah, thanks for being here. I appreciate what you do every week. Now I'm going to scroll up and see if I can get to a question or comment here. Orange Cohen, say it isn't so, Dan. You don't have a time machine to age a one-inch fish and see what it will be as an adult? I'm shocked. Yeah, Jonathan's working on that. He's coding the time machine as we speak. We expect it to be ready in about half a billion years. Paul Soltero, include the Aeneas as bonus fish. Yeah, maybe. Maybe something like that. You know, it's... It's almost too bad that fish that are so awesome that they become common in the industry <laughs> just lose the love. I like Aeneas Corys a lot, but from a financial standpoint, as a business guy, I got them and I was like, these are awesome. How am I going to sell? <laughs> so uh, it's every now and then just the way this industry works gets in a little little bit of a bind. So yeah, that might be a, a way to do it. Um, the good news is they're nice big ones. They aren't tiny ones. They're, they're robust and healthy, but they are not hard Gerardoni. That's for sure. That is for darn sure. <laughs> but I mean, think about it. Convict cichlids, Crabenzis, Aeneas, Paleotis, Corridors Paleotis. Um, you know, all these fish, zebra danios, they're hardy. They're generally pretty or neatly patterned. They breed well and they're easy to keep, right? So all these things that make them such good aquarium fish also in the end make them super common. And it's just this funny juxtaposition. Always makes you go, hmm. <laughs> all right. Well, this might be a short stream. There are not a lot of questions and comments. Mr. B's CPDs. Now that's dedication. <laughs> we know the group of fish Mr. B's going to be keeping. My Venezuelan quarries are breeding like crazy. Awesome. Lots of fry. Thanks for your newsletter. I would like to read it again, but I didn't save it. Is it available somewhere online? Not yet. Um, one of the things that uh, Speedy Fingers over here is, wait, what was it? Random Arms over here is is working on is we're, we're, we're eventually going to get the functionality where the newsletter will be online at dancefish.com. So you'll get it in your inbox. And then if you're like, man, where'd that go? Or I want to see it again or whatever. And you can't find it. You can just go to dancefish.com. For now, Mr. B's CPDs, if you just send me an email, Dan at dancefish.com say, hey, could I have whichever newsletter you want? Um, I'll get into MailChimp and see if I can send it off to you. I think I can find a way to do that. So just send me an email. That's the best way. I'm glad the article was helpful. I'm glad your Venezuelan quarries are breeding like crazy. Um, that's a good time. Chat jumped. Hang on. There we go. Tony, Tony. Tony, Tony, Tony has done it again. Hey, Dan's fish, my order Miyuki rice fish and stiff it on Gobi arrived. Happy and healthy. Thanks. Awesome. I'm glad to hear it, Tony. Thanks for the order. And uh, thanks for the 999 super chat. Always appreciated. Super chats are never required, but it is kind of cool when money falls out of the computer screen. It does make my wife happy. So thank you. Weekend Aquatics at Dance Fish. Is local pickup available? Yeah, you can come pick up locally for me. That's fine. Um, there are days when we're just so slammed with shipping that it's hard to um, give someone who visits their due. Uh, I'd really like to take the time to actually give you a tour and stuff instead of just be like, here's your fish, bye, if you you know made the effort to come over. So if you would email me, dan at dancefish.com, and we can set up a time that'll work, let's schedule it. That's the preferred way. 
But yeah, I love it when people come over. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm out in the middle of nowhere. Well, I'm in a village that's in a state that's the middle of nowhere. So I miss having like fish nerd friends to just hang out with and geek out with. I mean, that's what you guys are for here on, here on the internet. But in person, yeah, I miss that. So sure, send me an email. Stephen P. 2003, aqu- aqu- Aquartics, not Aquatics, Aquartics. On July 4th, I was hoping for the next installment of Buildings Dan Fish, What Gives? Man, can I take a holiday? Fourth of July, come on. No, um, one of the things that, can I show you? I think I can. Let me see if I can do this without crashing YouTube. I don't know if I can. So basically, Stephen, what we noticed is the harder we worked on that series, the less views we got. So if you look at the viewership for those Building Dance Fish episodes, we tried four of them. Um, They started strong, then a, a few less, and then a few less, and then a few less. So like we worked super hard on that. That was like like a a full-time job for a week for at least, you know, man hours wise for at least one person. That was, that was a lot to put that video together. And then like no one watched it. So we're questioning, um, the, (laughs) the strategy of spending that much time and effort on something that no one wants to watch. We like it. I'm glad you like it, but the world is kind of like, so yeah, I'm not saying it's done forever. We just have to recalibrate, re-strategize. And I mean, I'm going to do updates just so that everyone knows what's going on with, with the build because it'd be a shame not to document that. Um, not much has happened, though. Let's see here. What, what can I tell you? Like, more dirt is moved on the lot, but there's no, like, foundation poured or pipe put in or anything like that yet. So there's really no new video update to show. Um, we're working, we're, we're working towards getting the, this, the racks built for the aquarium. So there'll be some of that to show later, but there's a, a lot more to do on that. So there's just not a lot to show there and no one watched it. Swamp Thing, great shout out to Marcel. He's a very respected guy in the hobby. Yeah. Yeah. Marcel knows his stuff. He keeps his lines pure. Um, and um, he's even been to Australia collecting rainbow fish. He gives lectures on rainbow fish. He did one on Radnocentris recently. Um, yeah, great guy. Cancer Train, did you ever have any intention of selling plants? Nope, I don't. I don't have any intention of doing that. I'm not saying that I won't, but our strategy is not to go wide and shallow. Our strategy is to go narrow and deep. So we're going to hit um, freshwater aquarium fish really well. We're going to do it as well as possibly can be done. We're going to raise the bar in the aquarium fish industry in general. That's our mission. Um, And that's a big mission. So that will keep us busy for a good long while. The reason now, once that's fulfilled, that's like, I can't see that far right now down the horizon. There's so much to do just to change the narrative in the aquarium fish industry from uh, like, or hobby from, yeah, I used to have fish, but they all died to, to like, yes, I love fish. I keep them. They're awesome. They relax me. You know, that's, that narrative needs to change. And there's a lot of work to make that happen. So we're laser focused on that mission right now. 
If we ever fulfill that mission or like feel like we've done everything we can with freshwater fish, um, then it might be time to say like, what's next? And maybe plants will be one of the things that's next, but that's a big, maybe that's far in the future. Um, and it's not something we're focused on. Our mission is big enough as it is. <laughs> and so here's the, here's kind of what it comes down to for me is the thing, the reason I started Dan's fish, besides just being a hobbyist that was breeding fish and had some extra to sell occasion, the reason I decided to go hardcore on it was I, there was a big problem that I kept running into um, in the aquarium industry. And I ran into it as a hobbyist, as someone that keeps fish and, and keeps aquariums. I ran into it as someone who worked in retail stores. I ran into it as someone that worked um, for large operations that did wholesale and farming and things like that. Um, every, I've worked in almost just about every level of the aquarium fish industry over my lifetime. Since I was a kid, started mom and pop shops. And at every level, the problem has always been supply chain and fish being treated as commodities. And each link in the supply chain, the goal is to pass it on to the next link before it dies on you so you don't lose money, right? Which ends up in super stressed fish that just don't do well. I've talked about this ad nauseum, but it's been a while. So for those that are new, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. So I got really tired of people buying fish only to have them die on them. And so they throw the tank in the garage and they're done, right? But it's, it's just tragic to me that when people find out that I keep fish, that their reaction is usually, oh yeah, I tried fish once, but they all died. So I don't keep fish anymore, right? So that's the thing that I hated and have hated ever since I became aware of the industry as a kid started working in it and getting to know what it was built like. And so the reason I started Dance Fish is I want to change that. That's sincerely the thing. That's the mission that drives us. It's not try to make money, although we need to, to fulfill the mission or we can't pay employees. We can't build, you know, the warehouse. We can't do anything. Um, but really the mission is we want to change the industry. We want it so that when we talk, so that when people find out that we keep fish, what I want them to say to me is, oh yeah, I love my fish. I come home from a hard, stressful day at work. I sit down in front of the tank for 10 minutes. My heart rate calms down. I'm chill. And now I can go interact with my family and be a nice, healthy father or mother or partner of some kind and, and be a good human being because I've been back in touch with nature you know, that's the kind of experience I want people to have with fish. And so that's the mission. And it's a massive mission. And it comes from a place of, of uh, just me, me frustrated with what I think is a vital aspect of our hobby, which is supply chain. So because of that, I started Dance Fish. And until that mission is completed, I'm going to be laser focused on it. So don't have any intention of selling plants. Now, and the other thing is there's already other companies that do well with plants, like the aquarium co-op pops to mind, of course, but there's others too. Um, I, I'm not into plants, so I don't know them all, but I don't feel like plants is as much a sector of the hobby where it's like, man, if I could only get healthy plants, if I only knew a reliable supplier of plants, like I feel like that happens already. Um, 
Fish, I think, is a place that we still have a lot of work to do, though. Now, in plants, I'm sure there's still a lot of work to do as well. But, yeah, that's that's kind of the reasons. I see the biggest need in the fish themselves, I guess. Okay, Aquatics throwing out nine ninety nine. It's Pippi. Look, yeah, Pippi's back, folks. <laughs> Kayla's Aquatics, thanks so much. <laughs> Pippi makes my day every time. <laughs> so I, I don't know what this actually is supposed to be, but to me, that's Pippi Longstocking cheering me on. Her hair's gone a little more purple than red, but still, still. <laughs> Bob, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Always appreciate it. Never required, but as you know, it does make Brenda super happy. Happy wife, happy life. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Oh, chat just jumped. Sorry, folks. I'm scrolling to find. Wow. Now it won't even let me. I might have to close chat and restart. Oh, no. Here we go. Okay. Here we are. Little Bobby, New Mexico Aquatics. Yesterday, a friend gave me a 55-gallon. Boom! You're on your way to helping make world peace, man. <laughs> a 55-gallon fully set up with plants, a blue shrimp colony. It gets better and better. A grami, lots of bristlenose plecos, and some quarries. My wife said it was okay. Hey, you're set then. You might want to get that in writing. Um, <laughs> you, you never know how things are going to develop <laughs> with Mrs. Little Bobby, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. Here's a question from Lumpy Dog. Why are Japanese rice fish so expensive? Simple, hardy fish that are easy to breed need more U.S. breeders. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, the We just haven't got the supply here yet they're super easy to breed and raise i do think though that they'll always be a little more expensive um same thing as killifish just because you don't generally get from a single female in one spawning you know you can't separate them condition them put them together and then get like a few hundred eggs from a single female right you get a little cluster of grapes so i think they'll always be a little more expensive than like your bread and butter fish but but I agree. I think that if we got them here and got them going, um, the, the cost could come down because they are so hardy and easy to breed and raise. Absolutely. One day, what, I don't know when, but I would like to find that supplier from Japan that has really good quality stuff and, and you know, get the rice fish going. One day. Collins Critter Cave. I just bought my first house. Awesome. And getting ready to set up my first fish room. Boom. <laughs> what size tank should I primary look for and invest in? Well, that depends entirely on what you are trying to accomplish. So is this a room? Is this a man cave where you want to go and sit and relax and be surrounded by beautiful aquariums with beautiful fish? I would go with bigger tanks. Uh, is almost like as big as possible. <laughs> like <laughs> I go several large tanks is what I would do. Uh, scape them, maybe plant them, make them absolutely stunning. Put a chair in the middle that you can swivel and just sit in the middle of your room and go like this. Ah, right. So in that case, I would go with large tanks. 
125s are great. Um, some bigger ones might be good too. I like 125s. I think the viewing panel is really nice for the depth from front to back of the tank and stuff. But you know, you can go bigger. Sometimes tanks get so big though that the height to front to back ratio is skewed a little bit. They're not high enough for the front to back depth distance there, right? And so I, I look for something with a nice viewing pane that's large. That's what I look for there. If what you want to do is breed lots of different species and play with lots of different species, then you're going to get a wanna. Then you're going to get a wanna. You're going to want to get a whole bunch of smaller tanks. You want to get some really small tanks, like two and a half, five and a half gallons for spawning pears in or raising small fry. You know, fry in while they're still small. You're going to want some larger grow out tanks. You're going to want some conditioning tanks. One thing that'll be really important is to have enough tanks of sufficient size that you can separate the sexes of lots of different fish to condition them for spawning. Um, you're going to want a section of the fish room that is just for producing live food. Um, lots of different small live foods to get the fish going and through their larval stage, basically. Um, you're going to want a place for, you're going to need lots of different nets and different equipment. So in that case, I would get lots of different size tanks for those purposes. And I would leave like 20% of the fish room unbuilt. So as you're working in it, you can be like, man, I wish I had space for this. Oh, I do. And as you get in there and get experience, the room can tell you what you need to expand with. Um, so those are kind of the two extremes, but just examples of what are you trying to do? Let that guide you. And, and by the way, as far as investing in tanks, I mean, for your enjoyment, yes, but the moment it walks off the lot, its value decreases by at least 50%. So just remember that. <laughs> Chattanooga Ed, hey, Ed, good to see you. Dropping $5 for the privilege of punching me in the face with what I call a fox cat. Maybe it's a corgi. Maybe it's a cat. Maybe it's a fox. Maybe it's a fox cat. Good to see you, Ed. I hope you're doing well. John's Fish Room. Any updates on more breeder packs of killifish? Yes, I should be releasing those um, this Friday and uh, they should be good to go. Yep. So for those that don't know, I, I had some fun little Panjax Gardener I for sale. Um, I went to do, to pack them up, to do my pre-shipment inspection and all that. And I noticed, I think three or four of them had a couple little white spots on them. So it was like, oops, can't send those. But it's been long enough now that They've been clear of spots for a good long time. And by this Friday, they should be all through that. So no losses or anything. We caught it early and ick is really easy to treat when you catch it early. So they should be ready. Um, yeah, in a couple days. Alex Repco, hello Dan, Receiving received the package today. All fish are doing great in eating, thank you. Hey, you're welcome, thank you. What do you think of that gudgeon? He probably hasn't colored up yet. But what was your impression when you took it out and saw that monster, Alex? <laughs> kind all night. All epistogramma good to our epistogramma good to keep with bettas or community fish. Do they require soft acidic water or the wild caught easier or harder to keep than the domestics? First of all, kind all night. It's great to see you. Thanks for being here. Um, 
Yes, I would say that in general, Epistogramma make great tank mates for like wild type bettas. Do they require soft acidic water? No. No, you can keep them, and there's lots of them that you can actually even breed in hard alkaline water. So they'll live and thrive even in hard alkaline water. Some of them you won't spawn as successfully in harder alkaline water. Um, with the pistos, it's the same with any other fish, though. They, they have to recover from import from the supply chain. So if you can find a local breeder, that would be ideal. If you can't, if you can find a hobbyist breeder who bred and raised them in the United States, there, there's probably several and get gills right now. Um, I would go with that. If you can't find either one, then go ahead. You'll probably have to get an import. But epistos can take a few weeks to really settle in after import. I don't mean like one or two weeks. Sometimes that's sufficient, but sometimes they can really take a month or so before they're a smart fish. It takes them a while to figure things out and settle in and color in. And you'll see when it happens. Um, I don't know how to describe it, but it's a total change in behavior. Once they've had the time to settle in, their behavior changes and you know, okay, the fish is settled in, <laughs> like it's stress dropped. Now it's now it's acting like an episto should. Um, it's just a night and day difference from when they first come in and for the first week or so, and then they settle and they color in and they start worrying about hierarchy and, and things like that instead of just, am I safe, am I safe, am I safe, right? So until that happens, no matter where you get them from, if they were an import or they've gone through some kind of really rigorous shipping ordeal, um, they're going to be, the odds are going to be, I don't know, I call it 50-50 or whatever, right? They need real TLC until they really settle in. Once they settle in, they're pretty hardy fish. Now, the question of domestics versus wild caught, I mean, hobbies breeder all the way if you can. But there's pros and cons to both of these, and it depends on the source. It really does. There are some folks that you can, you know, import epistles from or, or buy epistles that have been imported, and they don't do a very good job. And the fish just take a long time to settle in. I don't know if those farms or, or breeding facilities have some pathogens in there that are just hard on the fish once they go through shipping or what. But there are some um, aquarium raised, you know, farm raised epistos that are, are very touchy and hard to keep alive. And there's others that are super hardy and the same for the wilds. So in the wild, you're gonna have a different set of problems than the domestics. So I would say it, it depends on the source. And my biggest advice, if you can't get them from a hobbyist, is um, wait until they're fully settled. Wait until they've been there for a few weeks. There's no losses. Everyone's eating well. They're acting normal and then purchase them. That's my best advice. Joseph Morshamore, hey, good to see you. You rule, the others drool. <laughs> oh, I drool sometimes, trust me. Sometimes it's because I see a really cool fish, but other times it's just because I'm sloppy. <laughs> What's the giveaway? I was late. So I'll get to that. Um, 
just, I want to clear these super chats. Collins Critter Crave 499 says, thanks, Dan. Well, hey, you're welcome. And thank you for the super chat. Always appreciate it. So the first giveaway is for a breeding colony of peacock gudgeons. These are provided by Preston John. Um, Preston lives in Arizona, and these are local pickup only. It's a colony of plus or minus 40 uh, peacock gudgeons, which is a heck of a thing to get. Um, but you do have to pick them up from Preston in Arizona. So that's number one. We'll draw that in a bit. Um, the second one is something I'm doing in case you can't go to Arizona. Not everyone can make that trip. We get it. And that is for some rainbow fish. These are Melanotania affinis from the Dansari River. And here's probably the best picture I could find of an adult um, online. Nice orange anal fin on blue. Um, is the fish I'll be giving away after we do Preston's giveaway so that uh, folks that can't drive to Arizona have a chance. So don't enter the giveaway yet unless you can go to Arizona <laughs> to pick up from Preston John. Just hold on. Don't do not do it. And we'll have a giveaway for you folks who can't go to Arizona um, later. So that's the giveaways, Joseph, and great to see you. So one thing, without spoiling the Sunday show, any dirt moving updates on the warehouse? Yeah, they've moved dirt, but it's not, it's like if I showed it in video, it's not, I don't think it's something that would really tell a story in a video. So I'm going to wait till, I mean, basically they've moved all those massive dirt piles, they've scraped down to bedrock, and they're moving stuff around. Um, we, we have to do some engineered fill for this because we're in a, a flood area. And so we have to build it up high with some engineered fill that won't get washed away with water. And it's also clay. So it's, as it expands and contracts, um, it's, it's not good for a foundation. So um, that's the next thing when they, when they bring that in and get that um, down and everything that might be worth showing, but right now it's just a lot of scraping and moving stuff around. They did pour the Valley gutter for the road so that's, you know, cool, but I think really it'll get video worthy when it's like, we see stuff going up, right? <laughs> so I, I'm kind of waiting for something that I think tells a story that your average Joe or Jane would look at and be like, oh, that's cool. Collins Critter Cave just bought my first house. Oh yeah, I already got that one. Cancer Train, how long do new scientific names generally take to catch on in the industry? <laughs> I'm laughing because the industry um, never, never. What the industry is trying to do, and I'll get to the second part of your comment in a second. I haven't even read it yet, um, but this just tickles my funny bone. The industry is not worried about accuracy in scientific names. It is, it's a major pain point when you're trying to deliver fish to someone and let them know what it actually is because a lot of the times I don't know what it actually is because it's tiny and the supplier said it was this and I'm hoping it's this right that's the that's the reality of a lot of this industry not all of it but a lot of it what the industry is worried about is selling so what they want to do is you know come up with some common name that they think will grab the imagination and make people want to buy a fish. It's all, it's all marketing is, is how fish are named. So you get the like fire red, whatever. And it's like, you look at it and it's like, it's got a tiny bit of yellow on it. 
<laughs> Why is it called Fire Red? Well, because they're hoping that'll sell, right? So I have suppliers that um, no, everything's mislabeled, like all the time. Now there are a couple really good suppliers. My Rainbow Fish guy is serious about keeping rainbow fish lines pure, goes out and collects them from different locations, keeps the locations separate and all that. So um, every now and then though, still makes an error, but so do, so does everybody, right? Even the scientists can't agree all the times on what a certain fish is. So there's, there's some gray area, but in general, the industry as a whole, they don't care about being accurate. Not at all. Um, my Geophagus brasiliensis were reclassified as Geophagus multiocellus. I want to say ocellatus. Multiocellus. Multiocellus in 2018. Never seen them listed for sale. Huh. I think I have some brasiliensis right now. Are they multiocellus? Like, are all brasiliensis actually multiocellus? If so, I need to change my listing because I have Geophagus brasiliensis for sale right now. That's interesting to know. Yeah, and like, unless you're a real like geek about a certain kind of fish, um, like rainbow fish, for example, most people, it's a pretty rainbow fish. It's only the true bowheads that like actually know the differences in the locations and who collected it and when in the provenance of that strain and all that. Um, you know, Geophagus has their following as well. The Goodyeads, they have their following as well. But someone who knows all about Goodyeads isn't going to know Jack about, you know, another group of fish, like Geophagus maybe. Like no one knows it all. So... I mean, there's that one guy in the corner right now that's like, I know it all. But in general, yeah, some, there's so much to know in this about fish. I mean, the scientists are still trying to figure it out, right? That unless you're, you can only keep track of so many. So generally what happens is you become an expert or a true nerd or geek about a certain group of fish and you know stuff about them. But you don't know much about some other groups of fish, right? That's, that's generally how it happens. Tony, Tony has done it again. Any tips on what the gobies have enjoyed pigging out on? Looking forward to spoiling my wiggling dudes. Yes. Um, let's see here. Which gobies, Tony? Let me, let me find out. Was this an Annie? It was, wasn't it? Just give me half a shake here. I want to make sure I'm not sharing my screen because I, I did that last stream. I looked up Preston's email and I opened it in front of the world. That was not what I meant to do. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. So I'm just going to look, look you up here, Tony, so I can make sure I know. Yeah, the Annie. Okay. Let me close that so I don't accidentally share it in the near future. So, yeah, the all the stiffodons that I have, uh, Annie A, Elegans, um, Peloensis, I think I have some others as well, Rudlarius, um, they're all eating a mix. So I'll put in an algae wafer in the morning and I'll let them just chew on that. Um, the next day, 
I might put in some like small um, nano, extreme nano, and make it sink in there, and I'll chew on that, and then back to algae wafers. Like I, I try to do a feeding or two of some kind of veggie, and then and then a little meat, and then some veggie, and then a little meat, because they're grazing on algae and biofilm in nature, so there's a lot of veg in there, but. There's also all kinds of worms and other critters in algae and biofilm that is protein. So a few veggies and some protein. Um, so that's that's basically what it is. It's anything really that um, is water stable, so it doesn't just turn to a big mess in the water, you know, quickly and kind of hangs around on the bottom for a while. They'll go up and graze on it. They're not they're not picky at all. So algae wafers are a big favorite. Um as are like sinking carnivore pellets or sinking massivore pellets um, for some extra protein every now and then. Yeah. Now they also love baby brine shrimp. They love all these things, but but just as a treat, you know, I don't don't overdo the fats and the proteins with them. So yeah, hopefully they do well for you. And if it's a well-established tank, they're gonna have a lot to graze on. It's amazing um, how little extra food they sometimes need in a well-established tank. Because they're just grazing algae and biofilm all day long. Forest Key Kendall. Did I say it right? I think I said it right. Other creators have second channels for the less viewed content. That can be an option for the build videos. Yeah, totally. One day, one day that might be something I do. The, the truth is, though, I have, like, there's so much going on. It's hard to just even put out enough content for just the one channel. But, yeah, I hear you, Forrest. I hear you. Cancer Train, love hearing about your philosophies and principles. Well, I have some principles. <laughs> Thanks, Cancer Train. They, I mean, there's reasons I am doing the things I'm doing. Um, that's what motivates me. And I don't, you know, no reason to do it if you don't feel motivated every day. It's a lot of work and the money's not great. So you have to like it. Let's see here. I don't think I missed any super chats. Good. I'm clear. <laughs> if I did, I apologize. I think I'm clear. <laughs> um, Lumpy Dog, sell rainbow fish, killies, rice fish, etc. The eggs, cheap to ship. Most suppliers are all overseas, just a thought. Yeah, it, it, that is an option. Absolutely. The fishy male man, I recently transferred about 30 Corridors Pygmaeus to a 75 Shodene puffer tank. One of the best viewing experiences fish-wise ever for me. Sell the quarries in larger numbers to move them, maybe? Yeah, the Aeneas, I, I might do that. I might do a big group. Yep. Pygmaeus and Shodeni getting along. Well, good. I'm glad to hear they're doing well for you. That's awesome. Oh, I've done that, Ed. Chattanooga Ed accidentally mushed a guppy today. Yeah, I've done that. I, I try to be super careful, but my big King Kong sausage fingers, right? Yep. It's always a heartbreak. Yeah, I always feel horrible when that happens. It doesn't happen a lot. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Kills Aquatics letting Howard to know to highlight a comment with at Dan's fish, so I see it. Absus badootin'lutely. So, see these big orange boxes? That's what happens when you put the at symbol in Dan's fish. And that's what I'm looking for as I scroll down, um, deciding which chat to answer. 
So you don't have to see me like read pages of chat to get to the next question. That would be just be super boring television. Forrest Kikendall, you're concerned for the health of all the fishes. One of the main reasons why you earned my business. All the fish arrived today look good and are acclimating as I watch the stream. Awesome, Forrest. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. And it's, I have to tell you, it's very satisfying. So I've worked for other companies before and um, the relationship with the customers was like, it was like fearful. It's like a customer would call or email or something and be like, uh, who's going to yell at me today, right? I love my relationship with my customers now. It's like, I call them love letters. We get love letters in the email all the time. And it's so great because I get to share those with the other people and be like, look, this is why we're doing this. I, I know you, I know we pulled 14 hours yesterday and I know we have for the last eight days, but look at what's happening. You know, this is the difference we're making. And so, um, thanks for your kind comment. And I wouldn't do it any other way. It's just so satisfying to know that I, I really feel like we're making a difference. It's a small difference so far. We have a long way to go, but I already know we've made an impact on shipping. Um, the, the principles that we use to, um, determine our shipping methods are out there and they're, they're gaining, steam and there's people that email me frequently saying like thank you so much i'm now shipping successfully or my rating on ebay some folks selling on ebay has gone up this much since i started using your shipping methods and things like that and it feels good not just because it's like oh look we're great but that's our mission we're trying to change this industry for the better that's the entire thing and when we see it working then it makes all the you know all the extra work to do things the way we do it it, it makes it worth it yeah, so thank you. Swamp Thing, building Dan's fish maybe doesn't need to be a regular series, but, but could be, yes, exactly, Swamp Thing. Could be an as-appropriate update. There's not many of us infrastructure nerds. Keep it high and tight for YouTube. Yes, that's exactly what we're thinking, Swamp Thing. It, you know, we were like, we're going to do it every Sunday, and, you know, people will know it's coming and all that. But then the problem is, is like, well, nothing exciting happened, so I guess we'll try to make a video. <laughs> You know, just because we said we would. So, yeah, I think you're right. It's like when stuff happens, we'll make a cool video. Exactly. Joseph Morshimer, finally got it. Got on. Just got my platies today from you. They are better than you described. Awesome. Awesome. Under promise, over deliver, right? Yeah, I mean, they are, though. The, the, the neon yellow calico platy, there's a reason they're my favorite. And anyone that buys them and gets them, Suddenly it's like, oh, now I know why. They, they really are cool. I'm glad you like them, Joseph. That's great. Howard Aquatics, are you able to get your hands on some Chilitharina Alani Wapoga? Yes. Um, frequently I can. I, I recently sold out. But that is a fish I usually keep in stock. However, here's what's happened with the, the rainbow fish. is I love them and people love them and we have a good reputation for them, right? We're one of the few places you can get a lot of the different ones that we sell. However, sales have slowed down quite a bit. Our customer base is only so large and we've saturated our customer base to the point that we need to take a bit of a break from doing some of the rainbow fish and get some other things. Um, and then after a little while, get some rainbow fish again, right? Just because our customer base is basically like, yep, we got them. <laughs> so um, we have to rotate it out a little bit. That's, that's one of the things about being small like we are. Now, 
as we grow and things are happening behind the scenes that I can't talk about yet. Um, it's not just building the warehouse. It's also getting the, um, the engine running so that we grow the customer base in tandem with the warehouse. So there's, there's lots of things happening that I'm not talking about uh, much publicly just cause I can, it would be unprofessional too. But basically as soon as we can handle a larger customer base, we're, we're lining things up to make that happen. So once that happens, then it won't be such a thing that where it's like, oh, we saturated our customer base because the customer base will be big enough. Hang on, my, my video cable's getting a little loose there um, to handle more, uh, more of the same fish. But that's where we're at right now, Howard, is uh, we can't oversaturate our customer base with a single type of fish. We still have like, is it 35 or 40 types of rainbow fish for sale right now? But I'm probably not going to bring any new ones in. I mean, maybe a couple species here and there, but I'm not going to do a, a rainbow fish import, as it were, for a little while, um, just because of oversaturation. KS, you're a very unique, Dan. Love the mission. Well, that's a nice way of saying, hey, Dan, you're weird. <laughs> no, yes, I'm, I'm teasing. I, I'm glad you like the mission. Thank you. <laughs> but I like, think about it, though. Whatever job you're doing, do you love it? If you don't love it, why? It's probably because there's no sense of like purpose to it, right? It's like I go and do my thing, but I, I don't sense this real purpose to it. Or it could be just you work with absolute jerks. I don't know. But um, there is something really nice to having a purpose that's big enough and important enough to, to feel driven by. It's man, you wake up and you want to go to work. Imagine that, everyone listening. Imagine if you could wake up every morning and want to go to work and be excited about going to work. That's the privileged life I'm living right now. Now, granted, I have to eat top ramen to afford it. <laughs> Spent a lot of years of ramen, but um, I would take that any day. Like I've, I've had the other thing. I've had the good paycheck, the great benefits, the golden handcuffs. I've lived that life. And when I compare the two, I'd much rather eat ramen and be happy. The fishy mailman, what is your favorite Nothobronchius species? It is Nothobronchius. It used to be called Rakovii from Kilmaine or Kilmaine. Let me see if I can find it. They changed the scientific name on me a long time ago and I don't remember it. Yeah, Nothobronchius Rokovia Kilmani is now, hang on, I'm trying to find what it's called now. Mozambico 4-9, that's the one. There it is. It is now called Nothobronchius Chrysanovi, I believe. Okay, just a sec. Just trying to make sure I have it. Yes. So it's it's this fish. Nothobronchius Chrysanovi is my favorite. It is awesome. It's very similar to a Rakovii, which is this. A very common fish. 
in the hobby, but it's a little different. And to me, it just looks so much better. So these guys I kept and raised, um, geez, by the hundreds back when I was in college. And I've never found a Notho that I like better. There's just something about the color and the contrast. And you can't see it here, but they get like a bright red face. Um, when they're younger, they often have, here it is, like a, this kind of striped, striated diagonal pattern on the body, which is super cool. I colony bred and raised them. So I'd keep five males and like, I don't know, 15 females together with a couple bowls of peat moss on each side and just watching the territorial behavior and the spawning and everything. I love this fish. So Nothobronchus chrysanovi, formerly Rakovii Kelmane Moes 04-9. My favorite Nothobronchus. Jeez, now I'll never be able to remember that scientific name again. <laughs> All right, it's 8.05, so we're going to go ahead and do the drawing for the peacock gudgeons. These are so generously provided by, by Preston John. Uh, Preston John Aquatics is the YouTube channel. If you want to go see his stuff, really cool fish, not just this colony of peacock gudgeons, but Preston has, uh, he breeds and raised Shodeni puffers. Um, he's done beta macrostoma, he does some rice fish and some other stuff, just, just cool stuff. Um, now, these are for local pickup only. We have another drawing for folks that can't drive to Preston's place in Arizona and pick them up. Um, it's a, a breeding colony of peacock gudgeons. There's somewhere around 40 of them in there, plus or minus. You know, who can count? Once, once you get above 25, it's like there's 25 and a cloud of them over here. We'll call it 40, right? It's something like that that's happening. So, um, 22 users, that's good. That means that a lot of people who can't pick them up probably have not entered. Don't enter yet if you can't go to Arizona to pick them up from Preston John. We're about to do a rainbow fish drawing for you folks that need fish mailed to you. So, with that, the winner is Skipper's Aquariums. Skipper's Aquariums. That's awesome because you've modded for us so much. It's nice to see you get a little reward. Would you just confirm that you can go to Preston's to pick these up? Because um, if not, it's cool. You probably didn't hear the memo or whatever earlier. And we'll just re-roll for someone who can. I don't, you know, I don't want to create a problem where someone, yeah, basically just let us know if you can indeed go to Preston's place to pick them up. And while we're waiting for Skipper's Aquariums to chime in, got a minute 30 left to do that. Um, we're going to look for another question here to answer. Kids Aquatics, can you mention the local pickup again? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I did a few times, but I totally get it. There's probably folks that came in. Um, oh, yeah, Skipper's Aquariums, redraw, I missed that part. Yeah, so this is only for folks that can uh, pick up from Arizona. I, I'm sure there's folks that came in between that notification and, and didn't know. So no problem. We'll just keep rolling until we find someone who can. NZ, N space Z. Um, you have won if you can get to skip uh, to skippers <laughs> to Preston's in Arizona to pick up the group of peacock gudgeons. Would you just let us know? While we're waiting to find out if you can do that, or if you're here, New Mexico Aquatics, little Bobby's back. Regarding the quarries my friend gave me with the 55 gallon, they could be. Cordoris barbatus, 
a square maxis barbatus probably or corridorus paleotus we don't know what is the best way to tell the difference between these two species um hang on let me do some look in here is there a corridorus barbatus i know those yeah i know that is square mastix barbatus it used to be called corridorus barbatus so they look very very different so I have some outside. Um, I've got a video on my channel of some juveniles that I took a while ago. So they're a, a longer, skinnier fish, the Scleromastix barbatus. They're usually pretty expensive and somewhat hard to find. So the odds of you having them are probably kind of slim. So if they're large, and they get like three, four inches, this is a big Corydora. It's a type, it's a Scleromastix. So this is kind of what an adult looks like. But here's a baby. So the babies have these checkerboard patterns, right? Whereas the Paleotis is more spotted with green gill plates. I don't think the Barbatus have the green gill plates. So Paleotis, oh, I see the confusion here. Yeah. Um, but Paleotis are like, like this. They have these green reflective gill plates, which is a giveaway. If you look at the pattern, this is more checkerboard, like more distinctive, the difference, whereas the Paleotis is more kind of modeled together, I guess would be a way to, to think of it. But look for that green gill plate. Now, of course, <laughs> now that I said that, I'll, I'll go out and look at my Barbatus again and be like, hey, wait a minute, they have green gill plates, but I don't think so, though. Let's see where we're give at in the giveaway. NZ has not returned our call. So the winner is now FishFan2. FishFan2. And guys, this is fine. Like, of course, there's going to be some confusion and folks that don't know, didn't know when they joined that this is just for local pickup in Arizona. They didn't read the description or whatever. I get it. I don't read the description of most live streams I joined. So no shade on you. Uh, we'll draw as many as we need to to find the right person. No worries. It's worth it. It's a big breeding colony of uh, peacock gudgeons, plus getting to hang out with one of the coolest guys in the aquarium hobby. So, yeah. So we'll just let this go for a bit, and then we'll do the, the giveaway for everyone else. Okay. The fishy mailman. Add a dance fish to make it easier to see. Yep, looking for orange boxes. Orange cones. I almost had a heart attack today. Ouch. <laughs> was feeding in the morning and opened the lid on the hatchet tank before I could feed them one jumped a good three inches above the rim. Lucky it fell back in. Yep. I had that happen with um, recently with beta anabantoides and also those hill trouts, man. Every time I hill, feed the hill trouts, they catch air going for that food. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad he landed inside. That's the best case scenario. <laughs> Andrea Hood, do you... How do you do your quarantine tanks? Once you dose meds, do you have to empty the whole tank for the next fish or empty the tank every batch of fish? Yes. So when I do my quarantine tanks, I, I generally sterilize the tank between each batch of fish um, that is scraping the sides down, that is pouring in a bunch of hydrogen peroxide. Um, we'll switch over here just for a bit. Um, I mean, I'm hoping that my my mug is more interesting than just watching a white screen. <laughs> Could be wrong. Um, anyway, I, I sterilize them. 
scrub them down, sterilize them, then drain them and refill them. Yep. Basically, you want to get all the hydrogen peroxide out, but you also want to get all that stuff you killed out, all the bacteria and all the little biofilm and stuff. You want to get that out of the tank so it doesn't pollute the tank for the next occupant. So that's how I do it. Now, this is not necessarily true if I'm not using antibiotics. This is true when I'm using gram-negative antibiotics or another medicine that kind of really wipes out all the nitrifying bacteria and stuff. If I'm not, though, if I'm just like, I'm just going to treat this tank for ick or something, then I might not go that extreme. I might finish the treatment, let the tank sit for a week or so, um, and then put more fish in. It, it just depends on the scenario and how you're using your quarantine tanks. But if you're using like serious antibiotics, um, I, would, I would totally change it out. Yeah. All right. We'll try the next one. Fishaholic, let us know while we're waiting. Collins Critter Cave, that is a really cool um, avatar you've got there, that puffer, that puffer fish. Hmm. AI. Or is that owl? I think that's AI. I've been saying AI this whole time, so <laughs> for weeks and weeks and weeks. <laughs> Setting up a 20-gallon long for shrimp, snails, and growing fry of community fish. Selecting filter canister, matten, or sponge. Don't like hanging on the backs. Okay. So, I like both sponge filters and matten filters and canister filters. Both. I like all three of them. Um, if this is to be a show tank that you want to look really good... No, it's for growing out. Okay. Shrimp and snails, I would go a lot of surface area. I'd go with a matten filter. Fry, I'd go with a matten filter. It's a, so I'd go with a matten filter. It's a little harder to clean than your average sponge filter, but all that space, all that surface area is so good for shrimp to like graze on and stuff and for tiny little fry to like pick on. Since it's for fry, I wouldn't get one with a large porosity. I'd get a fairly fine sponge. So it's gonna it's gonna trap dirt and you're gonna need to change it more often than a larger one. But I think it'll be the best so fry don't swim in it and get caught and little shrimplets don't get in it and get caught. And yeah, I'd say for surface area, that's what I would do. All right, we have a response. Let's see. Fish all just wanna see how lucky I was. I will be at Dan's Fish. I can't travel. I knew I will win this draw for some reason. <laughs> we'll redraw. Fishlock's like, I never win. I'll try. And then he won. Michael Brandle. Michael, good to see you again, Michael. I think you've won a, a time or two before, haven't you? Let's see if you can get to Arizona. Let us know. We'll keep reading comments while we wait. Alex Repko. Didn't see, didn't expect to see him that big. The gudgeon that I sent you. He colored up within two hours, although might have more colors soon. Had to get a lid for the tank. Oh, yeah, they are jumpers. As he jumped once and I was able to get him back in time. Yeah. I mean, they're super hardy, so I'm sure he's going to be okay. Yeah, I mean, they're they're three, four inches, these guys. They're they're big. Well, I hope you like them. I mean, I've fallen in love with the banded gudgeon. I, I really like them. Gold Nugget Pleco, Space Tetra. When ordering a goby from you, how do I get a pair? I don't think... I can do that for you. Um, 
it's not because I don't want to, but I'm thinking of the gobies I have, and I don't know of any where I can tell the sexes easily. I think they generally try to sell males. I can't talk. (laughs) I'm going to blame it on not having enough water, although I've had a lot. (laughs) I think they normally send males because, you know, they're thinking people want color. So of the ones I have right now, the elegans I might have a female of. I think that's about it, though. So, um, but how you get pairs for me is anytime you put in an order, you leave a note at checkout and you say, you know, here's, I would like to breed these, right? I'd like a pair and I'll respond and tell you, oh, I can't do that. Or I can do that or no problem. Or like, oh, this one that's like 75 chance percent chance I can sex them and let you know. Um, if you want to do that before you pay, it's not a problem. Just send me an email, dan at dancefish.com so we can feel out if that's a species I have both sexes of or I, or I can even sex at all uh, before you go ahead and pay in order. that That's not a problem. Just, just send me an email. <laughs> Preston saying, yeah, they have to come pick them up so they can come help catch some of them. All right, Michael has not responded. So the next one, we'll get there. We'll get there. Sandy. Doc D. Oh, Sandy, we went over this. I remember you told me how to say your name once. Your last name, I can't remember. I can go with Doc D for now. Sandy, can you get to Arizona to pick up a breeding colony? <laughs> Peacock gudgeons. Wait, someone says I'm seasick. Am I? I'm see. I'm getting seasick. Is it just me or is the focus wonky? Well, I'd like to know that too. If it's bad, let's see here. Orange cones. Anyone else? <laughs> Bowheads, figure friggin' fish groupies. <laughs> That's funny. Um, l- let me know, folks, if. Uh, it is going in and out. I just saw that. Hang on. Would it help if I did that? I'll do this. I did see it go in and out just then. Let me get back a little bit and maybe that'll help. Sorry about that. Okay, Sandy Cant. Next one. Oh, it's like, I think, I think Nightbot is like, Okay, so here's what we're going to do. I think Nightbot is... Let's try this, guys. Uh, Let's try a new giveaway. I hate to do this, but I think the best way to do this is we're going to do a new giveaway. With the keyword... Okay. Only do this if you can get to Arizona to pick up this group of peacock gudgeons from Preston John. Like they have to, it's a local pickup only. They're not going to be mailed, okay? So if you can get to Arizona and do that, enter hashtag Arizona in the chat, hashtag Arizona, and then we'll draw that in just a bit. So we'll just refresh all that and, and see if we can, can get some folks in there. Okay. And you know what? 
local pickup, we get it. It's it's a crapshoot. Like maybe folks can, maybe folks can't. But I think it's awesome of Preston to offer. So um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping some folks can. So if you can get to Arizona, type hashtag Arizona in and you'll be entered to win. There's some folks coming in. Cool. I'll give it five minutes. Let me set a time. Oh, I won't set a timer. That'll blow your ears when it goes off. Um, I'll give it about five minutes and then we'll do the drawing. And then we'll do the rainbow drawing for everyone else that's been waiting. Cancer Train, I'm pretty sure yours are true Brazilienses. I've always felt mine were off and had to do some deep digging to figure out what mine were. Brazilienses complex is a mess. Yeah, I, I know. Um, what is it? The, the ones that don't come from central Brazil, but come from like the rim up above and, and down below. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they're, they're still trying to figure out all the geos. I wonder if they're going to end up with some of them being actually a, a different genus. Like, I, I don't know, but I do wonder that when I hear geo folks talk. All right, this is going to work, Preston. We've got some folks entered that can make it to Arizona. So we'll do that in just a bit. Okay, scrolling up because chat jumped and I'm so far behind that, yeah, I couldn't scroll all the way. But the next one I can see is kind all night saying, what do you think about buying fish from eBay? I think it's the same as anywhere else. Uh, you just got to suss out the seller. So I would just ask some questions. I would ask where did you breed and raise these or were these imported? Um, I would ask what the quarantine procedures are. I'd ask how long they've had the fish. And if they have any like videos or pictures of the current fish, that would be great. I, I don't even always have that though. I mean, it takes a lot of time to get that, but um, I just try to, what's important to you when you buy a fish, right? What, what do you look for as far as how it's been treated and, and stuff? Um, and I would just try to find out if they do that. Ratings are important too, of course. I think it's a crapshoot, though, on eBay and, well, anywhere, e even on Get Gills, because um, anyone can create a store and anyone can sell no matter how they operate. So um, just I think that reviews are important. And when you read the reviews, make sure you're reading the ones for the live fish, not like for the food or something. Right. All right. We've got some more a couple more minutes and we'll do the drawing for folks that can get to Arizona. It's, it's getting we've got some in there. So that's good. Mr. B's CPDs, have you ever fed an empty tank? Or am I the only one? So not really, um, but I have definitely fed tanks that just have detritus worms or snails or other critters in them, sure. Um, I don't want the food to sit there and just kind of decompose and become a hotbed of bacteria and like protozoans and stuff though. But oftentimes I'll purposely... I'll have a tank and there'll be some life in it, a few snails or I love detritus worms. Um, and so I'll just feed a little bit and get a feel for how much that tank can digest. And sure, that's a great way to keep a cycle going. And then when the fish do come in, when you do finally get fish to put in that tank, they've got a ton of food and you've got an ecosystem all going. So I wouldn't say a truly empty tank, but yeah, one with critters in it. Cancer train. How are the COO interviews going? They're, they're still going. We're still in the process. I don't want to give away too much more than that. At this point, we have some applicants we're really excited about. And um, yeah, we're, we're still, we're still working on it. <laughs> 
John Kim. Hello, Dan. What type of archer fish do you have in your aquarium? What are the basic requirements for keeping archer fish? John, thanks for the question. Um, these are freshwater archer fish. Most archer fish in the hobby need brackish water. At least traditionally, that's that's what that's the thought. Um, these are from Burma. They are Burmese clouded archer fish, Toxotis, Toxotis, or Toxotos, Toxotis blythei. They come from a true freshwater environment in nature, so they don't need any salt. That's why I have them. I would not say that there's a lot of special requirements. They've proven super hardy for me. They only eat at the surface pretty much. So, you know, floating foods, they're carnivores. So I give them some veggie every now and then because in the wild, if they eat an insect, that insect probably ate a leaf. And so when they eat the insect, they also digest the leaf that the insect ate, right? That's how they get their veggies, some of their vitamins and things. Um, so I, I mix up the diet, but honestly, I, I think space is important for them. I would not keep them in a small tank. A little bit of surface cover is great for them, especially when they're newly acquired. They'll be shy. So if you have some floating plants over like 20% of the tank, or if you don't do live plants, some floating Easter grass or something. And um, they're messy eaters. So I do feed them flake because there's other fish at the bottom that will eat the mess. But if I didn't have that, I would only feed like long uh, little pellets and stuff that float for a long time in probably live crickets and fruit flies and stuff but special care honestly they've proven to be a really hardy fish for me so i can't think of anything that's real special all right we're going to do the giveaway we've got some users not many but that's expected and the winner is maria z maria are you going to arizona <laughs> Maria, let us know <laughs> if you're going to Arizona. <clears throat> Rico stands special purpose like Steve Barton in the jerk. <laughs> I was born. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I got rhythm. John's fish room. Can you get me a few pairs of? No, I didn't enter. I wonder if it entered the mods automatically. Maybe. New Mexico Aquatics. Now that sounds promising. <laughs> Let us know, New Mexico. <laughs> so, sorry, Maria. I think when I set up Nightbot, I always put mods, but I didn't think it entered the mods automatically. I thought it just made them eligible. Oh, yeah, I see Kayla's Aquatics on there and stuff. So maybe it just automatically enters mods when I do that. Maria Z. Punchy paints, skippers, sorry mods, I, I didn't realize that automatically entered you to win. I thought it just made you eligible to win. Sorry, my bad. It's all right, we've got New Mexico Aquatics here. Let us know, New Mexico Aquatics, if you're gonna go pick those gudgeons up from Preston John. And if not, we've got a couple other users and I, I bet eligible users, and I bet one of them can since we kind of narrowed the field. <laughs> all right. Oh, he can go. All right. Little Bobby is on his way. Great. So I will, uh, after this, uh, Little Bobby, would you just send me an email and I'll forward that to Preston and uh, get you two in contact so you can make arrangements for your trip. I think you're going to have a great time. All right. Now that we have done that awesome giveaway, thanks again, Preston. I think that was amazing. You know what it might be? 
I see it still trying to focus. Let me just put the ISO a little higher. I'll glow a little more. My vanity will be hurt, but it might not have to focus so hard. Um, now we're going to do the next giveaway, which is, hang on, let's come back Nightbot. Let's do a giveaway. This is for some rainbow fish. It's just hashtag rainbow if you would like to win from me some Melanotania um, Affinis from Dansari. The Dansari River is the collection point. This is the best picture of that fish I could find um, that I know is from Dansari. There's a lot more Affinis on here, but I'm not sure of their location. So this orange anal fin with this kind of silvery blue body, that's the Dansari River location. So if you'd like to win some of those, go ahead and enter hashtag rainbow, not rainbow fish, just hashtag rainbow. And I will mail you those as long as you're in the continental United States. And while we're waiting for that, sorry, mods, we're going to go just a couple minutes late. Um, Golden Nugget, Pleco, Space Tetra, what's the smallest tank size for the gobies? Totally depends on the type of goby. There's some gobies that get big. There's some gobies that are super active. Um, I wouldn't say that Stiffodons, if you're talking about the Stiffodons I have, are super like strong swimmers or anything. Um, I mean, if you have a 10 gallon, I think you could keep some Stiffodons. A 20 long would be awesome for Stiffodons. <laughs> New Mexico Aquatics, in that case, they look like a large group of, of Barbados. Barbados, that's awesome if you got some Barbados. That's a cool fish. Those are rare and expensive, so really neat fish. So Sclerimastix Barbados, um, the males get pretty aggressive, which is weird for a quarry-type species, and they get big and they like it cool. So... Uh, I know in your area, it can probably get pretty warm. So I would suggest keeping the top off the tank if you can. Maybe put a little a little fan like, like this. These are perfect, a little like desktop fan um, blowing over the water to help cool it down. They really don't like it hot. All right. Here we go. We are going to win the final... Um, I <laughs> can't even think. The final drawing, the final giveaway for the night, which is for some rainbow fish. And the winner is Edward Motes. Edward, would you chime in? Let us know you're here. I'm assuming you are because, um, yeah, we haven't had the giveaway up that long. So let us know, Edward. And while we're waiting, I'll get to a couple more comments. Oh, sorry. There it is. There's Edward. Irie. Lacardus, we're in Arizona. Oh, that's all done. So I can go to the next one. All right, red eye aquatics. Can different dwarf acara species interbreed? All right, Edward is here. So I'll do this one real quick and then we'll move on. I have them in the same aquarium and they mostly just ignore each other. I have to, this will be short. I've, I don't know that much about the different dwarf acara species and keeping them together. I have always kept them separate when I've had them, so I don't know the answer to that. I'm sorry. Um, 
I'm not just saying that because I'm trying to close the stream. <laughs> Both things are happening, but the truth is I, I don't know. I would assume they could if they're the same genus. Sometimes different genuses can also spawn and have viable offspring, but um, I don't know for sure. With that, we're going to finally get our mods a break. Punchy Paints is going next. She'll go at 9 o'clock Mountain Time. That's 11 Eastern. So if you want to hang out and uh, hear what Pam's doing, that'll be going on. Um, I'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Wednesday, 7 p.m. Mountain, 9 Eastern. I want to thank my mods again. I want to thank everyone that threw money at us with Super Chats. Thank you so much. Um, I want to thank everyone that asked a question or comment, and sorry for those I could not get to. Thanks to Preston John for the amazing giveaway, big old breeding group of Peacock Gudgeons. I know it was a little different because it had to be local pickup, but I think it's worth it. Like, little Bobby's going to be thrilled. It'll be totally worth it for little Bobby to go get to have that experience and uh, get those amazing fish. So it's great. Um, let's see, where am I at? Hail the Lurker Nation, everyone that can't be here live and is watching on replay. Hello. And I keep forgetting to mention anyone listening on the podcast. Thanks for making it this far. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Until then, I hope you have a good one. Thanks, everyone. And good night. Bye bye.